You are welcome to the Rohi Word. You are about to be transformed by the power of God's Word through his servant, Pastor Emmanuel Meffel. Pastor Meffel is a teaching evangelist who preaches God's Word passionately with signs and wonders following. He serves as the founder and lead pastor of the Rohi Church, a Christ-centered, family-focused, and discipleship-driven ministry. It is written that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. Now, let us hear the Word of God. Do we have excited people in this service? Hallelujah. Do we have people who have been born again? Hallelujah. Do we have people who feel that they have been saved by the blood? Hallelujah. If you feel that you were saved by the blood, give the Lord a shout. Wow, wow, wow. We bless God this afternoon and this Sunday, which is the Resurrection Sunday, for giving us his son, for allowing his son to be murdered. And then allowing his son to go into the grave. And allowing his son to resurrect on the third day. Today we are excited. Today we are very happy. Today our hearts are overflowing with joy. And our hearts are filled with excitement. All because there was one man who died. He didn't didn't remain in the grave forever. He was there day one. He was there day two. But the grave on the third day could not hold him captive. Nothing could hold him down. He had to come out. And we thank God that on Sunday, as we are celebrating today, he came out. And because he came out, we have the victory. Amen. This afternoon, by the grace of God, I want to bring you a message. A message that God gave me. A message that I believe will change your life. A message that I believe will be a blessing to you. A message that is fresh from the oven. It is not an old message. It's not a copied message. It's not a replay of another message. It is a message that God gave purposely for you and purposely for this time. So if I were you, I would be calling my friends. I'll be sending messages. I'll tell them that it is true that the service has just gone on for 30 minutes, but you can still join and still catch the word, catch the anointing, catch the spirit, catch a word that will transform your life this afternoon in the name of Jesus. Let us pray. Father, we bless you, we thank you, we honor you. We commit our hearts, our minds, and our spirits into your hands. We pray that speak into our hearts, feed our spirit, and make us strong and better by the time we leave this place in Jesus' name. And thank you, Lord, for resurrection. Thank you, Lord, for Jesus. Thank you for blessing us with that great gift. Thank you. We honor you in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's turn our Bibles to Matthew chapter 28. Matthew 28, verse 1 to 15. 1 to 15. And then I'll give you maybe three lessons. I I normally like to give three lessons or two. But I mean, normally, I prefer to give you three because three is the trinity. Three is is God's number. So I like to use three. Three is is the day that he resurrected. You know, so I like to use three. Three is the trinity. Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Three is body, soul, and spirit. Three is... Um, the sun, the moon, and the stars. You know, three, three, three appears in everything. So three is a very good number. So maybe I'll give you three and not two or, or four. So I'll, I'll start reading from um, verse one. Now, after the Sabbath, as the first day of the week began to dawn, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary came to see the tomb. Mary and the other Mary came to see the tomb. And behold, there was a great earthquake. I like earthquakes because... When the earth begins to shake, things begin to move. For an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door and sat on it. 
His countenance was like lightning and his clothing as white as snow. And the guards shook for fear of him and became like dead men. I pray that the people who are guarding your life, the people who are guarding your blessing, the people who are holding back your blessing, who have been set there to ensure that you don't fly, may they shake and may they fall in fear like dead men in the name of Jesus. As Jesus has resurrected, may they die, may they shake, may they fall like dead men in Jesus' name. But the angel of the Lord, I'm going from verse 5, but the angel answered and said to the woman, do not be afraid, for I know that you see Jesus who was crucified. He is not here. Oh my goodness. That, that, is, that is, the verse 6 is, is one verse that when I see and I hear and I read about it, my heart begins to jump for joy. He is not here. What if the verse had been, he is in there, go and check. That would have turned everything upside down. That would have made, sent us into commotion. That would have extended and prolonged our, our pain and our shame and our misery. But verse 6 says, he is not here. Tell somebody, he was not there. Tell somebody, when they come and search you, they will not find you there. When they come and search for you in the place of poverty, you will not be there. When they come and search for you in the place of defeat, you will not be there. When they come and search for you in the place of disease, you will not be there. When they come and search for you in the place of backwardness, you will not be there. When they come and search for you in the place of divorce, you will not be there. When they come and search for you in the place of confusion, distraction and disturbance, depression, you will not be there in the name of Jesus. So they said that he is not here. For he is risen, as he said, come see the place where the Lord lay and go quickly and tell his disciples that he is risen from the dead. And indeed, he is going before you into Galilee. There you will see him. Behold, I have told you. So they went out quickly from the tomb with fear and great joy and ran to bring his disciples' word. The women worshiping the risen, risen Lord. And as they went to tell his disciples, behold, I, look, I, can, I cannot even stand. Jesus met them. When they were going to tell the disciples about him, he met them. When you are going to look, when you are going to look for your blessing, your blessing will meet you. When you are going to publish somebody's good news, good news will meet you. I am publishing good news, so I know good news will meet me. Call somebody and publish this good news so that good news will meet you. Behold, Jesus met them saying, rejoice. Rejoice. That was the first thing he told them. Rejoice. I came to tell you rejoice. Rejoice on this day. Rejoice. Rejoice. Today is a day of rejoicing. Rejoice. Today is a day of enjoyment. Rejoice. Today is a day of happiness. Rejoice. He said rejoice. Don't be afraid. So they came and held him by the feet and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, do not be afraid. So he said rejoice. And then he said, do not be afraid. Go and tell my brethren. So in times like this, two things that you must know. One, you must rejoice. And two, you must not be afraid. Tell somebody rejoice. And tell the other person, don't be afraid. Jesus said to them, do not be afraid. Go and tell my brethren to go to Galilee. And there they will see me. Now while they were going, behold, some of the guards came into the city and reported to the chief priest. I, I, look, I feel like preaching now, but you let me finish this passage. He reported to the chief priest all the things that had happened. Have you realized, oh God, when they had assembled with the elders and consulted together, they gave a large sum of money to the soldiers saying, 
Tell them his disciples came at night and stole him away while we slept. They wanted to even bribe them. So you can tell that bribery and corruption is not today. And if this comes to the governor's ears, we will appease him and make you secure. So they took the money and did as they were instructed. And this saying is commonly reported among the Jews until this day. My goodness. Number one, I want to give you three things that you must learn from this passage and from this story and what happened. First thing I want you to look at is in verse, verse 6 thereabout. Let's go, let's go back to verse 6. It says that, um, let me see, verse, verse 5. But the angel answered and said to the woman, Do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified. He is not here, for he is risen, as he said. Come, see the place where the Lord lay. What the angels were telling him was that, what the angels were telling the people was that Jesus only did a stopover. He only did a stopover. He didn't come here to stay. He didn't come here to relax. He didn't come to live in the grave. He didn't come to, to stay in the grave. He didn't come into the earth to stay. It was a stopover. It was a stopover. The first thing that you must learn is the stopover. Stopover just means to pay a short visit and route to your ultimate destination. What I want to tell you this morning or this afternoon or this evening, wherever you are, is that whatever you are going through now at this point of your life, it's just a stopover. It is not the destination. This is not your destination. This is not the end of your travel. This is not the end of your journey. COVID-19 is not the end of our journey. Ah, poverty is not the end of the journey. Emptiness is not the end of the journey. Your marital problem is not the end of the journey. This is just a stopover. The women were at the place of crucifixion. These women who came to Jesus here, to look for Jesus here, they were before at the place of crucifixion on Friday night. And they saw their son. They saw their hope. They saw their leader. They saw their teacher. They saw their Messiah killed by wicked people. And to them, in spite of all that the Messiah had said when he was alive, this was all over. They saw the man killed. And so in their hearts, it was over. It was gone. Nothing was coming to happen again. Sometimes the reality looks like the opposite of your prophecy. Sometimes your prophecy says that you are going up, but the reality looks like you are not going anywhere. Sometimes Jesus' prophetic word was that he was the Messiah. He was going to rule. He was going to reign. He was going to take the people to his father in heaven. But on Friday, when they were looking at him, the prophecy didn't look like what they were seeing. The prophecy looked exactly opposite of what they were seeing the man was being slapped and they said that this is the king the man was being spat upon and how can that be the king the man was being insulted how can that be the messiah the man was being pulled down how can he be the one that we have been following our hope is gone our hope has been dashed our faith has gone down the drain nothing has happened sometimes your prayer has been prayed. You have prayed over and over and nothing is happening. You can see that your prophecy that they have given you is coming out negative as compared to what you have been told. When you look at the reality, you are living in an uncompleted building. But the prophecy says that you are a big man. Let the poor say I am rich. When, they, when you look at the reality, your wife is insulting you, doesn't even respect you. 
that the prophecy says that you are the head and not the tail. You are above and not beneath. You are the husband and you are the head of the family. And yet you look at the situation and it doesn't look that way. In the same way, when the women looked at their savior, who they thought was coming to save them, on the cross he didn't look like the prophecy that had been given. Your prophecy may look different from your reality. But I came to tell you that you are just an, a stopover. You are just in a stopover. When you are traveling in long journey, sometimes the drivers are not allowed to travel for three, four, five hours continuously. They are made to stop at a point to rest. At a point, you feel like urinating, so you have to stop at a point to urinate. That is a stopover. I came to tell you, where you find your life now is just a stopover. It is not the bus stop. It is not the end. It is not the end point. It is not the destination. You have just arrived at a stopover. You are at Koforidua as you are going to Kumasi. You are at Anumabu as you are going to Cape Coast. You are just in the middle of the road. You have done a stopover where you are taking a drink, where you are doing, where you are taking some food so that you continue your journey. Don't shut down when you are at a stopover. At a stopover, you don't turn off your engine. At a stopover, you don't pack, you don't remove your bags from the car. At a stopover, you don't undress. At a stopover, you are just hanging around waiting for the next journey. You are just hanging around waiting for the driver to be ready to move. I came to tell you, after this service, after this Sunday, you are going to start moving again because it was just a stopover. Your hunger is a stopover. Your poverty is a stopover. Marital issues is a stopover. Every depression is a stopover. It is not the end. You are just passing through. So these people thought that the story had ended. Then they get there on Sunday. And the angel tells them that, you know, this thing, no, that you saw, no, it wasn't the end of the thing, no. It is just a stopover. Jesus was just passing through. He has to go through the grief and come out of the grief. Wake some people up from the grief. Bring some people out of the grief. Take dominion over the grief. Take some keys from the hands of the enemy. And so that he can have power. And so that when we mention his name, the enemies will bow. So it was just a stopover to do some action. To refill, to top up, to drink water and to move. So don't unpack your bags. Don't undress yourself. Don't remove your shoes. You are just at a stopover. Look at Joseph who had received a dream to be the head of his family. He became a slave and then a prisoner before he went through to become the prime minister. At the time where he was a slave, at the time where he was a prisoner, that was not his destination. He just did a stopover. He did a stopover in Potiphar's house and then he did another stopover in the prison and then after that, he went to the destination of his journey. I came to tell you that you may be a Joseph who is carrying a prophecy. Your prophecy says that you are going to be a king. Your prophecy says that you are going to be a pastor. Your prophecy says that you are going to be a big prophet. Your prophecy says that you are going to be a president. I came to tell you, your prophecy will come to pass. Then your prophecy will come to pass. Hold on to the prophecy. Don't let it go. The women did not let go. The women followed the man into the grave to ensure that really, is it a stopover or it is the end point? And when they went, truly, they saw that it was a stopover. I came to tell you, you are at a stopover. You are at a stopover. You are not at your destination. Behave like somebody at a stopover. At a stopover, you buy a drink and you drink it. You buy water and you drink it. At a stopover, you rest from your journey. At a stopover, you, re, 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 you recharge. At a stopover, you refire. 
in times like this, you must recharge, you must refire, you must re-strengthen yourself, you must get yourself up and get ready because the bus is about to move again. And when the bus moves, you have to move with a driver. Are you here? Look at David who received prayer. David received prayer. He received a prophecy to be king. David received a word to be king. They poured oil and one of the greatest prophets poured oil on him to be king. And yet he became a fugitive. He became a fugitive for years. And Saul was chasing him to kill him. At that time, David was in a stopover situation. He had not, he had not ended his journey. He was just at a stopover. The Lord was looking after him. The Lord was protecting him. There were times that he could have been killed, but God lifted people who protected him. I came to tell you, in your stopover season, God will protect you. In your stopover season, God will provide for you. David was provided for. Joseph was provided for. Jesus was provided for. You will also be provided for in your stopover season. You may be carrying a prophecy to be a preacher of the word, but as it stands now, you don't even know a verse of scripture. And all you do close to preaching is gossip. But I came to tell you, I came to announce to you not to give up on the word because it will surely come to pass. Your prophecy as a politician will surely come to pass. Your destiny will not hide. It will happen. The grave will not swallow your word. Habakkuk chapter 2 verse 3 says, For the vision is yet for an appointed time. You are just at a stopover. You are just at a bus stop. You are passing through a place. You are not at the destination yet. He says that, but at the end, it shall speak. At the end, the vision will speak. At the end, the prophecy will speak. At the end, the word will speak. The word will speak at the end. The word will speak. Don't it tarry. Wait. Wait. This is the time to wait. This is the time to wait. Thank God for coronavirus. It has been a time of waiting. It has been a time of waiting. It has been a time of building. It has been a time of reviving. It has been a time of refiring. It must be a time. It has been a time of getting ourselves ready. It has been a time of, of readjusting and realigning our minds and our heart towards God. It has been a good time because it will surely come. It will not tarry. Matthew 19, 26, the Bible says that, that Jesus beheld them and said unto them, with men, this is impossible. I came to tell you that when you look at the prophecy and you look at the situation now, you can look at an impossibility. How can somebody who says he's the Messiah, who says he's the king of kings, go into the grave? He has been beaten. He has been killed. It looks like the battle has ended. It looks like the ministry has ended. It looks like the story is over. It looks like this is the end point. This is the destination. But I came to tell you, what looks impossible to man is easy for God. What looks impossible to man is a joke for God. What looks impossible to man is just a walk in the park for God. Get ready for God to walk through your situation and make everything possible. So number one, stop over. Say stop over. You are at a stop over. Let me move to number two. I don't have too much time. Number two. Number two is a makeover. Number one, stop over. Number two, makeover. The makeover means a complete transformation of the appearance of someone or something. In number two, I am reading the same five and six. Five and six, you realize that, and let me read it again. But the angel answered and said to the woman, do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified. He is not here for his reason. As he said, come see the place where the Lord lay. And go quickly and tell his disciples that he is risen from the dead. 
It's a makeover. He was dead, but now he's risen. There's a transformation. He was down, he's up. There's a transformation. He was off, he's on. There's a transformation. And indeed, he is going before you into Galilee. There you will see him. Behold, I have told you. It is a makeover at this time. After the period of pain, after the period of suffering, after the period of abuse, after the period of death, after the period of all that you went through, his people lost hope and were even discredited. There was a time that the people were discredited by the people of Jerusalem to the point where even Peter denied ever knowing him. It wasn't a thing of pride at the time to be a follower of Jesus. In some ways, this current season of coronavirus looks like that time. It looks like that time. There's sickness, there's pain, there's despair, there's loss of hope, and plenty deaths. People were dying. In fact, Christianity and God is being questioned. And it's almost unpopular now to be a loudmouth Christian. But just around that period, God was preparing his biggest showtime. God was preparing something big. God was preparing to do a makeover. He was preparing to change Jesus' life. He was preparing to change the whole situation. Just around the period, he was coming back. He will bring the world. He, he decided that this is the time I'm going to bring the world back to myself. But just around that period, he did something that would shock and surprise the devil. He did something that would shock the disciples. He did something that would shock the centurions. He did something that would shock everybody. I sense in the spiritual atmosphere. I sense in the spiritual atmosphere that we are about entering into a season of good news. We are entering into a season of good news. We are entering into a season of a makeover. The world is entering into a season of makeover. Just as Jesus was made over, we are about to be made over. I sense it. I sense it so strongly. We are entering into that season. More salvation of souls after this COVID-19. More souls are going to be saved. It wasn't not yesterday or the two days ago that after the service, Pastor Prosper, you were there. After the service, I was just sitting in my house reading my messages on Facebook. Then somebody sent me a message from nowhere. I don't know this person. Sent me a message. Pastor, I want to know Christ. I said, my goodness, this is the season of salvation. This is the season of the overflow. This is the season that our lives are going to be made over. It is a time that Christianity is going to receive a makeover. Your family receive a makeover. Jesus received a makeover at the time. Shock the world. Something is going to happen. Something is going to happen. More salvation of souls after this period. God is getting ready to shock and surprise this world. God is about to shock the church. God is about to shock political systems. God is about to shock the economic system. Every economist is declaring doom after coronavirus. But if the word of God and history is anything to go by, and the spiritual atmosphere and the senses I'm having is anything to go by, those who are ready will take advantage of the rain that's about to fall. My father, Reverend Istud Anaba, declared prophetically our year that this is a year of jubilee. This is a year of jubilee. Leviticus 25.10, you read that place and it says, each one will return to his possessions. You are returning to a better ministry. You are returning to a better church. You are returning to a stronger, more resilient ministry. You are going back to new and more robust ideas to do business and ministry. You are returning to a stronger and more enjoyable marriage. You are receiving a makeover. You are returning to a better understanding of your education. After coronavirus, we are not going to a wasted field, but rather a fully fertilized season where anything we plant will explode. Get ready for the season of explosion. Get ready for the season of a shaking. Get ready for the season of a makeover. 
God is making us over. Just as he made Jesus over, we are about to be made over. Our ministry will be made over. Our marriages will be made over. Our life will be made over. Our business will be made over. Our family will be made over. The thing that brought us dishonor, God will make over and then we'll become honorable in the name of Jesus. This was a time that Jesus, who was dead in the grave, Received a makeover from Father God. A makeover. A makeover. And by the time we realized in the third day, on third day, he was out of the grave. That was a makeover. Extreme makeover. Extreme makeover. And I see most of us coming out of the grave. We are coming out of that bad season into a good season. We are coming out of COVID-19 into a great season. We are coming out of hunger into a good season. We are coming out of quarantine into a good season. We are coming out of this place into another place. That is a good season. Get ready for a season of explosion. Get ready for a season of makeover. You are going to be made over. When your enemies see you, they'll be confused. They will not understand. They will be shocked. They will be surprised. They will not understand who they are looking at. They will not understand who they are seeing. They may begin to wonder, now what happened to you? Tell them, I have got a makeover. Tell them, God has made me over. God has changed my identity. God has moved me from death to life. He has moved me from blind to sight. He has moved me from down to up. He has moved me from hunger to full. He has moved me from foolish to wise. He has changed my situation from emptiness to full. I need somebody to pray some tongues this morning. Get ready. Our churches will become stronger. Our businesses will become stronger. Our marriages will become stronger. Our economy as a country will become stronger. Our personal economies will become stronger. So the first one I gave you was what? Stop over. Number two, make over. The third one, flow over. The third one is flow over. It's flow over. Flow over. Flow over. That's the last one and I'll be done. Flow over. Flow over. So the first one, stop over. You have not ended. The second one, make over. The third one is flow over. So, verse 8, they went out quickly from the tomb with fear and great joy and ran to bring his disciples word. And as they went to tell his disciples, behold, Jesus met them saying, rejoice. So they came and held him by the feet and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, do not be afraid. Go and tell my brethren to go to Galilee and there they will see me. Go and tell my brethren. He told them, go and tell. Go and tell. Go and tell. The women were told to initiate an overflow or initiate the flowing over of the news that he's risen, which is the good news. That people received good news. And Jesus met them and said that initiate the overflow. Let this word flow over. Let this word go beyond its boundaries. Let this word go beyond. Let it overflow or let it flow over. Let it flow over. Let it flow over. After the makeover, our assignment is to start a flow over or overflow where our makeover will become known to the world. As we have come out, 
when we come out of the makeover, we must now begin to flow over so that the world will hear, the world will see. The good news is not for your pocket. The good news is not for your church. The good news is not for your house. The good news, it must flow over. It must flow over your house. It must flow over people's houses. It must flow over the community. It must flow over the ten towns. It must flow over the cities. It must flow over the continents. It must flow over our nations. It must flow in politics. It must flow in marriages. It must flow in business. It must flow in economy. In the name of Jesus. So that this makeover will become known to the world. As I was praying this message, the Lord was speaking to me. It was, it was a very wonderful time I had with the Lord. Our challenge has always been that we are so quiet as Christians. That's our challenge. We are very quiet. Very, very quiet. That the world doesn't even hear or know what we are doing. In fact, what the world hears is when something bad has happened. When anything good happens, it doesn't come out. The only thing about the church that comes out strongly is bad things. It's bad things. If a Christian falls into sin or a pastor falls into sin, publish it. But when he's restored, don't flow it over. Nobody must hear it. If he collects offerings, publish it. But when he uses the money to help people, don't show it. Let, 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 let nobody see it. But when he's collecting the money, publish it, put it in the newspaper. Let people see that he's collecting money. But when he uses that same money to help the world, to help the needy, to help the vulnerable, we say, don't show it. Don't show it. If he prays for the economy, so that the economy will do well, they say it's absurdity. He has lost his mind. Show it to the world that the Christians are very foolish people. They don't use their minds. But when the economy begins to grow because of our prayers, then they give their glory to something else. They say, oh, the economists, the economists, the economists have done the work. The economists have been very good. Where were the economists when the government and the whole system was crashing? Where were they? When the pastors prayed for the economy to become stable, it's like, hey, there's not the pastors. If he prays for the coronavirus to pass, publish it that they are crazy. They think that it is prayer that helps them. Recently, recently, did we not insult pastors? Did we not insult the president? Why would he, why would he bring pastors together to pray for coronavirus while some people are in laboratories looking for the virus and looking for vaccine? Why are we praying? They made it look like we are very stupid people. We don't have sense. We don't have anything good to offer. Our prayer. Why, 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 why do you hate pastors so much? Why do you hate pastors so much? And the prayers that we have prayed is working. The prayers we have prayed is working. People are getting healed. People are getting recoveries. And then, the numbers are not going as fast as it was in other places. And tell us that we are very stupid in praying. We are not stupid. We are not foolish. If we pray for coronavirus to pass, it will pass. But you say that publish it. It is nonsense. But when it passes, you give the credit to science. You give the credit to other people. And, and, and what, what even recently, what, what I saw, that broke my heart. Also, what I saw, that broke my heart. I saw somebody who has put a post on Facebook. Do people know Matthew chapter 6 verse 3? I said, look at this one. Let me read my Matthew chapter 6 verse 3 for you. But when you do a charitable deed, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. That your charitable deed may be in secret. And your father who sees in secret 
himself will reward you openly. Wait, I'll come back to that one. I'll come back to that one. I want to show you that this, this whole system where oh my God, thank you, where we publish the wrongdoing and the supposed wickedness and evil of churches and pastors and we hide the good things. It is demonic. It is evil. It is wickedness. And it is something that we are going to fight after this coronavirus. We will flow over. Every news will go out. When we are preaching, it will go out. When we are evangelizing, evangelizing it will go out. When we are laying hands on people, it will go out. When we are delivering them from demons, it will go out. Everything that we do, it will go out. The makeover will have to go out for the world to know that God has really made us over. Let me show you. Go to verse 11 for me. The same passage, verse 11. Verse 11, verse 11, verse 11, verse 11. Give me verse 11. Now, while they were going, behold, look at this one. Just, just look at this. It, it, it's so funny. While they were going, behold, some of the guard came into the city and reported to the chief priest all the things that had happened. Their the story, the truth was reported to them. When they had assembled with the elders and consulted together, they gave a large sum of money to the soldiers saying, hide the story, hide the story, hide the story, hide the story. They started hiding the story a long time ago. They started hiding our good news a long time ago. They started hiding our good tidings a long time ago. They actually, this particular passage, this particular event that happened, they wanted to hide it. They wanted to turn it against us. They wanted to say that we stole the body and that he did not resurrect. There are people actually, there are religions that believe that the body was stolen. There was no resurrection. That is what the world did. That is what the people of the time did. And that is what it is happening. That's what's happening now. That's what happens now. Anything good, hide it. Hide it. Hide it. So, so churches go out to go and feed the hungry. And they say, hide it. Don't let the left hand know what the right hand is doing. Are you, are you a Christian at all? Why would you let the world know what you are doing? You are just like these soldiers who were bribed. They were bribed to hide the story. You are just like that one who was bribed to hide the story. Anything good from the church, hide it. Anything bad from the church, publish it. We are very, very, very wicked people. Very, very bad people that are being used by the devil. The devil is using us plenty. And we think that we have got Facebook, we have got Twitter, and we have got Instagram. And then we just type anything that we feel like. Attacking any pastor, attacking any ministry, attacking any man of God. I didn't come here to attack any pastor. I am not the one to attack a pastor. I came to strengthen the pastors. I came to strengthen churches. I came to strengthen the kingdom. I came to strengthen the ministry that we must flow over. We must flow over. If we give food to the hungry, flow it over. If you give money to the hungry, flow it over. If you go and give clothing to people, flow it over. Let people see that we are making a change. We are making a change. Let me ask you these questions. This question came to me when I was preparing. It is, it is just a funny question that came to me. I said that when Jesus fed the 5,000, was it hidden? Was it a secret? If it was a secret, would you have known about it? When Jesus fed the 5,000, was it a secret? When he turned water to wine, was it in secret? 
When he raised Lazarus from the dead, was it a secret? Were there not people standing there? And he just said, Lazarus, he could have gone quietly in the night to do it. He stood in the presence of everybody. When he was giving 5,000 people food, he lifted up the Bible says that with a loud voice, he gave thanks and he broke the bread. Everybody heard, everybody saw. Why is it that when we are now trying to do what everybody must hear and everybody must see, you are trying to stop us. We are flowing over. We are flowing over. We have gone past the bus stop. We have gone past the, the stopover. We have gone past the makeover. Now when we come out of makeover, we are going to flow over. We are going to explode. We are going to expand. We are going to scatter. We are going to break out. We are going to break forth. We are going to overflow. Let me ask you a question. When he healed blind Bartimaeus, was it done in secret? When he cast the fig tree, was it done in secret? People went there. There are times that he did things in secret. That he said, everybody get out. I want to deal with this one alone. But most of the things that he did, that we see, he did it openly. Our makeover will come to pass. After the makeover, who will cause a flow of our prayer. Who will cause a flow of the good news. Who will cause a flow of our... Let me give you a verse. Let me give you a verse that God gave me. 2 Kings chapter 7 verse 9. Then they said one to another, these are the lepers. These were the four lepers who had received a breakthrough. These were the four lepers who had received a makeover. These were the four lepers who entered into a camp, the Syrian camp, and God made them over. They were wealthy. They got food. They got money. They got an overflow of blessing. They couldn't, even the things that they found, they could not handle it. And then the one of them who was led by the Spirit, I believe, said that. Then they said one to another, we do not wear. People of God, my message to you is that if we don't flow over, we do not wear. If we don't flow the message over, we do not wear. If we don't share the word, we do not wear. If we don't send the pictures, we do not wear. If we don't send the images, we do not wear. If we don't publish it, we do not wear. If we don't send the WhatsApp messages, we do not well. If we don't overflow and flow over the word, we do not well. He says that then we said, we do not well. This day is a day of good tidings. I came to tell you, after this makeover, we are going to enter into a season of a, a turnover. A season of, a, of, a, of what, 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 what was the season? What's the season? It's a season of the overflow or the flow over. And in that season of the flow over, we are going to talk about the great things that God has done. It's a gift. It's a day of good tidings. It's a day of good news. It's a day of the blessing. It's a day of the resurrection. It's a day of the oil overflow. It's a day of things turning around. It's a day of God doing us good. It's a day of God being merciful unto us. It has, it has, the people have pushed us to the point where even a pastor you are afraid to take off. afraid to take offerings. But the people who sell credit, they still sell their credit. Are they giving the credit for free? When you go to the hospital now, you know how to pay. So why are you telling me that in the time of Corona that things are not going well? How come the pastor is taking an offer? The Facebook that you are watching, the internet that is being used, the data that is the electricity that is being used, the microphone that is being used, the venue that is being used. Do you think that 
It dropped from the sky. It did not. It did not. It is paid for. It is paid for. You have no idea how many church members call pastors on a daily basis. Pastor, there's no food for you. Pastor, there's no money for you. Pastor, the children are crying. Pastor, even yesterday, Pastor Prosper, you see the call. Two days ago, Pastor Ebi called me about calls. Three days ago, another church member. I mean, every day we are getting calls. And when they call, we send Momo. When they call, we send Momo. So when we put our Momo number there, we are not looking for Momo to feed the pastor and his wife and his children. We are looking for the money to help us. We are saying, help us to do the work that we are doing. Help us to do the work that we are doing. So stop talking the way you are talking. Stop saying the things that you are saying. It is not right. It is not right. It's not right. So you push us. You force us and then we stop taking offering. And then when we don't have the money to take care of the people, the same people will turn against us. Eh, look at the way the pastors, they have made their shiny lips and they are walking around and they are not taking care of their people. How do we take care of the people? Is it our shiny lips that take care of the people? It's my offering, your offering. I give offering in times like this. You give offering in times like this. And let us do the work of saving souls. Let us do the work of helping each other so that when we come out of this period, we will all overflow. We would all flow over in the name of Jesus. He says that. He says, let, let me read this one. It says, we do not well. This day is a day of good tidings and we hold our peace. If we tarry till the morning light, some mischief will come upon us. Now therefore come that we may go and tell the king's house. Look, if we don't flow over, some mischief will come upon us. If we don't flow over after the makeover, some mischief will befall us. I came to tell the church of Ghana. I came to tell the church of the world. I came to tell the church of Accra Tema. I am not anybody to tell you this. But I think I received a message. And I'm sharing the message to my church. And since it's on Facebook, everybody can have access to it. What I am saying is that after this season of COVID-19, we are entering into a season of flowover. I, I, let, me, let me just put it this way. We are going to go into a season of explosion where COVID-19 will look like nothing to us. Where God will make over our lives. He will make over our churches. He will make over our finances. He will make over our marriages. He will make over our businesses. Then after the makeover, we will flow over. In the flow over, pastor, speak the word to everybody. In the flow over, pastor, take charge of the atmosphere. Take charge of the airwaves. Go onto the radio. Go onto the TV. Go onto Facebook. Speak the word. Wherever you find the time, speak the word. Wherever you'll be given an avenue, speak the word. Wherever you have the access, speak the word. Let us flow over Ghana with the word. Let us flow over Ghana with the word. Let us flow over Ghana with the message of the Lord. Let us flow over Ghana. Let us flow over Tema. Let us flow over Africa. Let the word be preached all over this world. Thank you for listening to Pastor Emmanuel Methel. We hope you were blessed by the message. Worship with us at the Rohi Church in Community 22, Tema. Every Sunday from 7.30 to 9.30 for the tree service and 10.30 to 12.30 for the English service. We have Bible studies from 9.45 to 10.30 a.m. Tuesday empowerment service is from 6.30 to 8 o'clock p.m. Download the Rohi Church app on Google Play and App Store for more life-transforming messages. Follow Pastor Emmanuel Methel and 
The Rohi Church on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Call us on 0204-336-002 for counseling and inquiry. Rohi Church, loving God, making disciples, and evading globally. God bless you. This message is brought to you by Hot Jobs Africa Limited, Ghana's number one HR firm. Looking for quality staff? Looking for a job? Contact us on 0204-336-009. Think HR, think Hot Jobs Africa.